What's happening, fam? What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's day is going well so far. I know, like, some of my listeners are probably at the beginning of their day, or some are in the middle or the ending of their day. But either way, uh, I hope that all is well. And I hope that you're actually are actually taking care of your mental health, your mental thoughts. You know, what's on your mind? What are you going to do about it? What is the most important thing about your mental health that you know that you can actually make a change of? I've said it. Uh, in a recent episode, maybe like two or three episodes ago, maybe even four, um, I uh, gave a a shout out for to the uh, hometown Indianapolis Colts NFL team for doing their part of the kick the stigma of mental health. Um, they went out to the field of one of their home games at Lucas Oil Stadium and represented it by um, wearing the T-shirt of kicking the stigma. And most of them have actually sat down and opened up and expressed themselves about their mental health problems and what are they doing about it to seek help. So once again, I'm giving that shout out to the Indianapolis coach again on actually taking mental health seriously. Actually, the NFL itself is actually taking the big step. Um to help raise uh, mental health awareness. They also, they did uh, uh, racism and equality, things like that, but people don't see that, but they'll see mental health as an important topic where both are equally important. So, um, special shout out to the coach for doing that. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about alcohol and mental health. This is a pretty serious topic to discuss because a lot of people tend to use alcohol in so many ways to help with their anxiety, their depression, and their stress, more likely. But that comes with a heavy price if you're consuming a lot of alcohol. It it, it can cost you a lot. And I know that if some people out here that are serious heavy drinkers, probably done already experienced that they've could have actually passed away from it they've actually could have suffered some kind of disease or some kind of cancer or some kind of brain damage from consuming a lot of alcohol because of their ways of trying to heal their stress or whatever it is that they feel this is their issue Now, some people just consume alcohol because they're just straight addicted to it. 
they just enjoy alcohol, beer, wine, whatever. And even though that wine is more of a lesser version of alcohol, but it still can actually cost you in so many ways. Now, I said that this podcast was going to be me sharing my story and then sharing other stories and stuff like that about mental health. So my story based off of alcohol goes like this. Back in 2017, uh, I was going through a lot of things in my personal life. Um, I had um, been in a relationship for seven years due to date from uh, 2009 all the way up to um, 2017 and I had started getting really, really stressed out like at the end, like at the beginning, mid of 2017. Uh, That was an in particular moment for me that everything was coming to an end. And I was also suffering from the end of my uh, seven year relationship. And that's all I did was drank, 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 and drank. Drank, 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 and drank. And I had also learned in uh, 2015 during uh, during my uh, during that relationship at that time that there were uh, infidelities in that relationship that really tore me apart. I was even dating back to uh, 2009. But it could have been more than that. could have been less than that. I don't know. But my suspicion was already there. And that would really kick kick the drive up for me. And that's when I just started drinking. I did a lot of drinking and I uh, just wouldn't stop I did wine beer heavy beer I did any and everything that I could to help eliminate my stress and the and one of the main reasons why I did kick up the, the uh, alcohol drinking was because not only was I suffering from that, but I was there in my two-bedroom apartment alone. Nothing wrong with being alone. Trust me when I say that. I enjoy being alone. I enjoy sitting at my apartment at that time just being me. I enjoyed it did anything I wanted to do it was peace and quiet it was just a lot of good things that came from that but 
I was piling up on a lot of financial issues. Now, I could have discussed that during the episode of financial pressure and uh, mental health, but at that time, I felt like it just wasn't the right time. And I figured this is the perfect time because this is more related to alcohol in this aspect and why it really got to me. So, I would consume, I would consume alcohol in the morning. I would consume it when I got home from work. And I was actually doing a mid-shift at the Lucasola Stadium before I quit in 2017, at the end of 2017. And that's all I did. I'd get up in the morning. I'd drink. I'd go to work. Cool. Then I'll come home and I'll drink. I don't share this with them. I don't share my story about why I'm confessing to these things. I just don't. But having mental health issues on my behalf I have learned that doing this podcast has actually helped me you know talk my problems out and letting all of my feelings go and just know that people are listening people may listen people may not listen but the more I sit here and I talk, I know that looking at the stats of everything, people are listening. I believe people are truly listening. And uh, that's important to me. I want people to know what's going on. That I'm not a perfect person. Now, I'm not doing this podcast to be perfect either. I'm doing this podcast to share a story. I have a mission. I have a goal to do it. So, yeah, financial pressure that caused a lot of stress on me. And I had to think about a lot of things. But my mom and Darren were around a lot on my mental side of everything, not the physical, but the mental side of everything. And they were there. They helped me along the way of many things that I had to do in that apartment. That they actually helped me. That I couldn't do. I just couldn't do it. And later on, that's when eventually me and Darren ended up moving in together. And the rest is history. But I've come a long way from that. And I've been very blessed. To stay where I'm at right now. And. I know that me consuming a lot of alcohol. During that time was not good for me. I put on quite a bit of weight. Doing that. And. It did a lot of things to me. When I was consuming the alcohol. It was doing a lot of things dangerous things that that too I would 
get into really bad mood swings. And it showed at work too. It showed at work. I get into serious swing, uh, bad uh, mood swings. My anxieties would kick up very badly. And that's the whole purpose of me and drinking was, was to help relieve some of that, to help relax me. Use as a depressant, but it didn't work. It didn't work at all. And that was, that was a turning point for me. That was a turning point. And it was a turning point for me because I knew that if I continue to drink the way I did, something seriously would happen to me on the short term and in the long term of drinking. And I'm not talking about the short and long term of me in mental health, but short term and long term effects in that aspect. We all know what could happen in your mental health. That's why you start drinking, because you know you have that problem and you know drinking will help you. And a lot of people do drugs also to help with their financial, not the financial, but their uh, mental health. So everything that happens, it happens for a reason. And I knew that if I didn't do something about that, even if that meant just quitting cold turkey, even if that meant just quitting cold turkey, that was going to be on the wrong step. And because at first, before I did all this heavy drinking, I was just a every once in a blue moon type of ordeal. And it was just wine coolers. It was just wine coolers. Then when my relationship ended, that's when it just got heavier. It got heavier with wine cooler, wine beer and liquor it got there well liquor was only probably once or twice it was just probably once or twice and that was something that that liquor was literally at um my sister's wedding at the time is when i did all that but the wine coolers was mainly not the wine coolers but the wine and the beer is what I would do at home. And that really tore me up. It tore me up because I knew that me as a man, that I had to do better with myself. I knew that I had to do better with myself. And if I didn't sit down and do better with myself, I knew I was going to put myself in a really, really bad predicament. But the one thing that I failed to understand was, was that I was human. Mistakes happen. It happens. And that was one of them. I regret actually damn near drinking my life away. I regret that. And I regret that because in my eyes, not for everybody else's eyes, but in my eyes, in my mind, and in my soul, I knew better. 
everybody may have a say in something else about how I feel, but in my mind, I knew better. I knew better. And I knew that I did not put it in to this. I was going to be done. And I did. I actually stopped. It took me maybe about a month and a half, maybe two months. But I stopped. I stopped. Because there was a lot of things that I had to sit down and think about when I was doing it. Three questions came into mind for me. The first question that came into mind was, what happened if you ended up having a child? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? The second question that came into mind was, if you continue to drink, what is going to be your whole solemn purpose in doing that? That was my second question. And then the third and the most important question that I felt was very important to me was how are you going to influence others if you stop drinking? How are you going to do that? So I had to take an initiative. I literally had to take an initiative. So it took me a while to actually heal from my previous relationship and lay off the alcohol and because of all the stress that's been piled up on my behalf and that was the end and I remember when I was slowly stopping from drinking it took me It took me literally a year. It literally took me a year before I started dating again. Actually, a year and a half. Come think about it. I needed that time. I needed that time because my drinking problem at that time that I felt it was never going to go away because it was getting a lot worse. It wasn't getting any better. And I knew that if I continued to drink the way that I did and got myself involved in a relationship, I was going to be that same dude again, back in the same relationship that I was uh, during that seven years. So I had to stop. I straight stopped. I know that in my mind and in my soul that a lot of people would take the courage to actually stop drinking. It, it would. It would actually take a strong person to stop drinking. And I knew that I could be one of those people. I knew I could be. And I got some members in my family that cannot keep their hands off the liquor bottle, that cannot keep their hands off the 
drinking. I have a lot of them. Sometimes you do just have to cut your ties with those people. Because if they're going to bring a toxic moment in your life, you don't need it. You deserve peace. You deserve every bit of peace in your life for people that are alcoholics. You deserve it. But let me do say this about the people that are alcoholics. Let me just say this. If you know that your drinking is one, a bad habit, and two, something you can't control, what do you think your next step is going to be? What do you think your next step is going to have to be? Evidently, you're going to have to do something about it. I still got people that I know right now that's actually sitting up here drinking and it is deteriorating their health and they're still drinking. That's how addicting the shit can be. And this is not because they have a mental health issue. It's because they're addicted. It's because they're addicted. If you know the things that are bothering you, if you know that the drinking is heavy and is really affecting your health, are you really doing something to stop that? No, you're not. You still insist on going. Oh, it's hard, but I'm going to stop. Yeah, you're right. It is hard. It's hard as hell. Because your body has really settled in to your drinking habit. Your brain has really settled you in to your drinking problem. It has. And that's why I always say you have to train your brain to keep things positive. Like I said, it's not an overnight thing. It never will be an overnight thing. These are times that you have to keep progressing and keep fighting. Crucial catch of the NFL fights those type of things, fight cancer. And they tell their stories about surviving cancer, how they kept fighting. You have to train your mind to keep things positive in your life. And you know, if you cannot do that, then things will never probably turn the way that you want it to. You'll probably never see the day of light again because of that. And, and, all, and all this is, is just showing that your dark sides are just getting darker and darker. And you're getting yourself in this deep, deep hole that you cannot climb yourself out of. You just can't. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that, hey, you do something about it and you do something about it now because this is a problem. But what I am saying is, is that positivity is always going to be your key 
It's going to be your key to the healing process. That's what it's going to do. Like I said, it would never take an overnight thing to do that. If somebody tells you that, they lied to you. They lied to you. No one understands that a healing process is always there. Cure, no. But healing, yes. It stays with you. But you just have to train your train your uh, brain because your brain is doing all of everything and controlling your aspects of what you're doing. That's what it's doing. So let's talk about it. Alcohol and your mental health. So you stand into the aspect of actually drinking and it's making you feel good you're actually sitting down after a long day and you take that drink oh and it ever feels so good it ever feels so wonderful to have your favorite drink right there in front of you and you're just Drinking, you're drinking away. Drinking, drinking. You're not consuming little intakes to help save your body. You're gulping down a whole wine glass and then getting seconds, then getting thirds. Did you know that drinking alcohol can cause brain damage? Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Now, believe it or not, when you're drinking alcohol, it begins to affect your brain as soon as it enters the bloodstream. That's something to think about right there. When you start drinking, that alcohol begins affecting your brain as soon as it enters the bloodstream. So here's the thing. When you're drinking, you're gonna have your short-term effects and you're gonna have your long-term effects. And you're also gonna have something that's also called a withdrawal. I'll explain that in a minute. But here's your, here's your temporary effects of the short-term when it comes to drinking. It would be loss of inhibition uh, decreased planning and organizational skills, changes in mood and concentration, difficulty forming new memories, sleepiness, depressed mood, changes in energy levels, memory loss, poor judgment, and reduced motor control, including delayed reflexes that can make driving dangerous. 
This is why a lot of people or a lot of employment don't hire people with um, that are alcoholics. This is what alcohol actually, if you consume so much alcohol, this is what your brain does. This is why a lot of employments do not hire alcoholics. They won't know that unless this person has a job history of drinking on the job or have shown signs like this on the job. This is what it do. It does that to your brain. And then you're going to get booted from job after job after job after job. Now, some people get used to drinking. They get used to drinking. And I'm just going to say this. This is one of the reasons why I really don't have a full-blown relationship with my father. Because his drinking habits has really been a bitch. Straight up. Excuse my French, but it's just a straight truth. I don't know what the hell he's up to now and I could care less but in the time when he drinks incontrollable absolutely insane okay absolutely insane I cannot handle people that has those type of alcohol problems I have Absolutely short patience with people like him. Which is another reason why I knew I had to stop drinking. What if I end up having a child? What would that look like on me? And now, here we are, four years later, after 2017. Yeah, four years later in 2021. I have a daughter. I have a daughter. And I know now that as a dad, that I have to be more of a better role model than what I was in 2017. I would never put myself in a predicament to where I used to be back in 2017, nor will I put myself ever in a position to be just like my dad. Never. Never, never, never. I would never put myself in the position to put his women first and his children second. I'm not doing that. That's a big no-no and a big red flag. If you want to continue to do you, damn it, you do you. 
but I'm sure in hell ain't gonna follow in your damn footsteps. I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna do what's more important. That's what I'm gonna do. And I'll be damned if I let this man sit up here and think for one second that your mind has really just blown away it has it has a lot of people come up to me you need to establish a relationship with your dad no no I got two words for you fuck you fuck you I'm not having a relationship with a man that contends to women and alcohol. No. I'm good. I have better morals for myself than to deal with that hot garbage. I'm good. If you want me to establish a relationship with my dad, you go and do that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. It's all about your mentals. It's all about your mental health. Toxic. Bye. Bye bye. I'm not doing it. I'm good. And in those symptoms of temporary effects, if those get severe of getting drunk and those symptoms lasting many hours are at risk of alcohol poisoning, that is also a bad sign. You don't ever want to put yourself into that predicament. But trust me, I understand how that feels because you know that rather you're just an addict, uh, addicted to drinking alcohol or if you use alcohol to help prevent a lot of things for yourself, you know that it's just a strong purpose except for being an addict of alcohol. You're doing this for a purpose. But you are far deep into the situation and you damn near can't get yourself out. Now that you then got addicted to it, it's just a wiggle lines of ups and downs, ups and downs. And there's no hardly going straight down and then back up. There's a little bit of up here, then going down, then up, more down, up. That's the bigger problem. Now that you're in that in, in that situation to drink, a lot of things happens to your brain. So just as much like drugs 
alcohol, you can actually overdose. You can actually overdose of alcohol. And that causes the liver to poison. And if your liver is poisoned enough, this is what happens. And this is a sign of alcohol poisoning or possibly alcohol overdose. So your basic life functions of this will include vomiting, seizures, slow heart rates, difficulty staying awake, fainting, low body temperature, low gag reflex, which increase the risk of choking if a person vomits and then clammy skin. So this stuff, if you don't treat this stuff, that could be fatal, big time. And that could cause permanent brain damage, even if the person survives. That's dangerous. That is full-time dangerous. I remember watching an episode of uh, Homicide Hunter. And sometimes the story is not all the way 100% straight, but you only just see what you can watch on those in particular episodes. And Homicide Hunter happened to be one of them uh, with Lieutenant Joe Kinder. He happened to bring back a case. And I think it was his second case on the uh, Homicide Force. And this was back in the 70s. He was investigating a lady named Wanda Murray. Her body was found along the uh, Colorado, I think it was uh, country highways or something of that sort. It's still a little miniature highway, not the actual interstate, but I call them country highways. Um, her body was found there and by the investigation of how things looked, they was looking at it as actual homicide that somebody had actually ran her over. But then as they got deeper into investigation, they found out that she was already dead before she got ran over. She was already dead. So they're trying to figure out how did she die before she, uh, before this car even got hit? What was, why was she there? What happened? for her body to be right here and in the middle of this country highway. So as they continued to dig deeper, they learned, well, Kenda learned that Wanda Murray was actually an alcoholic. She used alcohol as her help to relieve everything, stress, Everything that she'd been through, she had been divorced. Her husband left her with and the kids, and he had full custody of the kids. And she was struggling to be in relationship after relationship because of her drinking problem. And it was heavy. So what happened was, was that she'll spend all this time drinking She'll go from bar to bar to bar. And then on the day she died, she was still hitting up bar after bar after bar. And then one day her body just said, F it, I'm done. I'm done. She was with a man when her kidneys and her livers just started failing miserably. And the guy that's sitting there in the car with her is not even aware that she's dying. 
he thought she was sleeping because she was extremely drunk. So when it started failing, her eyes rolled back and boom, she was dead. And he saw that, he freaked out, panicked, and just dumped her right there on the country highway, trying to take her home. That's what alcohol do to you. Heavy drinking. Difficulty staying awake. She did. Her body failed. At an inopportune time. And she was only 29 years old. When she got. Remember this back in the 70s. She was only 29. If she was still alive today. She would probably be in her 60s or 70s. If I did the math right, this is off the top of my head. It's just a guess, so don't quote me on that. Your long-term effects is this. Confusion and disorientation that continue well beyond the period of drunkenness. drunkenness. Malnourishment that may cause significant weight loss. Trouble moving the eyes or strange and jerky eye movements and then poor balance. And believe it or not, this could show signs of Kursakoff syndrome. And this is a disorder of some type of dementia. And it goes like this. The systems include memory, memory problems, in particular, difficulties forming new memories, poor judgment, decreased planning and organizational skills, as I mentioned, uh, mood and personality changes, hallucinations, and progressively worsening cognitive decline that may affect every area of functioning, including speech, vision, and bowel and bladder function. And trust me, this also affects the uh, B1 vitamin levels. So think about that. Think about that. And this is why I've also said that if I want to have a kid, would I want this? The fetal alcohol syndrome. Now, this is the fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, which people usually refer to as fetal alcohol syndrome, happening when a developing baby gets exposure to alcohol during uh, gestation. Fetal alcohol syndrome affects many aspects of functioning, and it can cause brain damage. Uh, the symptoms vary in severity, but it can, it can conclude intellectual disabilities, hyperactivity, poor memory, trouble concentrating, weak coordination, vision, and hearing issues. I mentioned on my podcast on Double Take Sports Talk with the Watch Brothers, um, I had mentioned the headline that Vincent Jackson had passed away back in February. So they donated his brain to the CTE, I think, of research or something like that. And I believe they're still trying to find the actual confirmed cause of death. And so it could be either alcohol or drug overdose. Which leads to head injuries. 
So with alcohol, it's a risk factor of traumatic brain injuries due to falls, car accidents, flights, and other blows to the head. So according to a 2010 analysis, 35 to 81% of people who seek treatment for a TBI are intoxicated. In other words, drunk. So in the short term, a head injury can cause confusion and disorientation, and it may also result in dangerous brain swelling. Uh, severe head injuries may even be fatal because they affect the brain's ability to control essential functions, just as breathing and blood pressure. The long-term effects of head injuries uh, vary, but they may include dementia-like symptoms such as difficulties forming new memories, changes in mood and behavior, increased risk of developing Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease, and changes in blood flow patterns in the brain. And that's another reason why that most marriages fail because of alcohol. One of the main reasons right there. If it ain't infidelity, it's financial issues. If it ain't financial issues, it's alcoholics. There's plenty of other reasons, but this is one of them. This is definitely one of them. Believe it or not. This is a this is a thing of where you know that you have to have a stopping point. You got to have a stopping point. And we all know that when you're drinking, it's hard because a lot a lot of people love to drink when they go to bars and clubs. And even if you're hosting your own party in your own house, look at together, that stuff can become well above having a good time, drinking, and all that stuff. Beer's gonna be everywhere. Alcohol's gonna be everywhere. Believe it or not, it's going to be there. At this point, it's more about self-control. You can still drink, but you just have to learn how to consume it. Ask Betty White. She'll tell you. She'll definitely tell you. She ain't lived for 99 years to sit up there and say, hey, I'm drunk as a skunk and I'm still alive. No. No. Ain't like that. People that have those type of problems are going to have these type of effects. Believe it. And this is just an encouragement for you to understand that these type of problems when you're drinking is really going to affect your brain. It's going to affect your body when you consume a lot of alcohol. So just understand that this whole podcast right here, alcohol is here it's here i got it marked documented and it's on your podcast platforms that's it you got other mental health podcasters that does this stuff too refer to them they may go deeper into something else but it's there it's there for you 
there are a lot of different ways you can help yourself heal. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have. And this is just the first part. I'm continuing a series. And this is one of them also. Alcohol and mental health. I am your host, Daryl Watts. Catch me next week. I'm doing part two of this. Alcohol and mental health. As I did with the other series, the three-part series, for, um, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Narcissistic behavior. I did a three-part series. And this one, maybe a little bit longer. Who knows? But catch me next week as I discuss part two of alcohol and mental health. Uh, support my podcast. Uh, I am on Instagram at Love University and Twitter at Love University. Uh, y'all can uh, DM me at any point if you want to share and discuss your stories with me. And if you want to pull me your podcast and you want to be anonymous about it, knock yourself out. You can also do that there or you can hit me up at uh, Breaking Mental H at gmail.com. Again, that's BreakingMentalH at gmail.com. I want to build an empire. I want people to raise awareness to mental health. So support my podcast. Please, please, please support my podcast. I thank everyone that has actually taken the time to sit down and listen to my podcast. I really, really, really appreciate that. And I love y'all for that. But until then, stay true to yourself. And always remember, when it comes to listening, you are one step closer to raising awareness. Let's go.